guys, I experienced something in my like you know 15 years of working in restaurant jobs that I've never experienced before uh, this week on Monday. Oh, a woman straight up walked into our kitchen. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. She straight up walked into our kitchen, guys. Oh, it finally happened. It finally happened. Yep. That was it. I turned her around. I said, ma'am, you are not allowed to be in here. <laughs> and oh my God, dude, it was just like so annoying. She's complaining because she forgot what food she ordered. And so whenever I put in new food food for her, she was upset that it didn't get to her right away. <laughs> and then whenever she like went up and asked another server uh, why my food isn't at the table yet, the other, my coworkers asked her, well, what'd you order, ma'am? And she said, oh, I forget. <laughs> what made her think that she could just walk back into the kitchen? I don't, Honestly, dude, it seemed like she wasn't all right in the head. I mean, she... She forgot what she ordered, no joke, like four times. Oh, And this damn. was after I already brought her what she already ordered originally. I brought wow. her what she ordered. She said it wasn't right. Said that she ordered a salad. Then whenever I was like, okay, ma'am, which one of these salads did you order? She looked me dead in the eye and said, oh, I don't want any of these. Oh. Working with the public people, it's great. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. great guys we are back here at the film harvest how's it going over there show dog millionaire it's going great i love it whenever we record early in the morning i love it <laughs> vanilla bear patrick how are you doing today i've been up since 7 30 so i'm good <laughs> that was me monday morning i was just telling i was just telling no that i was up at seven as well this morning so i could be fresh and and uh get obi-wan in out of the way oh god well i didn't go to bed until like five (laughs) i didn't fully fall asleep until like six it happened oh yeah if you don't know you should know this is the chocolate or this is the film harvest where we put two films up against each other and we're still not sure if that's a good idea to figure out which one will be picked this week Guys, it is a battle of wills this week, isn't it? I think so. We have do. we have the will of the unbending, uncompromising uh, Clint Eastwood originated Dirty Harry going up against the will of a man who refuses to acknowledge the truth in Shutter Island. Uh, this was a this was a good week. I'm not going to say this was my favorite week ever, as I sometimes say. This was a good week. This was fine. These movies are good. Both of them are fine, but one of them must be more good and fine than the other one. Noah, you picked Shutter Island, our second movie in a row, directed by Martin Scorsese. I know, ain't that weird? Isn't it just, though? Martin Scorsese, we have a weird kind of running theme of Nazis going on in our uh, in our podcast. 
Hey, I, if, if you love something, don't stop talking about them. Oh, no. yeah, we all know that we love Nazism. <laughs> no, why, why did you pick Shutter Island? I think that it is a good testament to how you can have, like, plot holes and shit in your movie, but be able to make them work in service of the story. And for the story of Shutter Island, I don't know. It just works well. And knowing that he is actually insane, I don't know, it just kind of makes me uncomfortable knowing that people can fake their entire life and believe it so wholeheartedly. And uh, Patrick, what, what's up with, once again, always super interested on the reason why you pick your movies because you've never seen Dirty Harry before, right? So, one, I thought this was a Western until <laughs> you shot me a text at one point. So, surprise, surprise for Pat. Had no idea. And this is not like kind of a Western though. <laughs> In, in certain elements, yes, but, like, not the heart of the story. I was expecting, like, full-on Western. Okay. I was wrong. I you know what I mean? Okay. The hat on the front, all of it. Um, the different covers I've seen. Uh, but I think it was more that it's a pretty acclaimed uh, movie, and then I've never actually seen Clint Eastwood's claim to fame. So One of two Eastwood fame right. uh, movies. <laughs> Uh, full candid, uh, I was the my short list of movies that I was picking for this season uh, did have the good, the bad, the bad, and the ugly. Of it. And in many ways, uh, Dirty Harry feels like a not necessarily a sequel, but a spiritual successor to uh, those those Blondie movies, uh, a fistful full of gold, fistful of dollars trilogy, um, right? Is what that's known as. So watching this back in back in college, I mean, I used to have a box set that had all five Dirty Harry movies on it. And I used to love watching them. Um, my opinion on it has changed a little bit. Uh, but back then it was very clear that this was supposed to be Blondie, but now in a modern age. And then I felt the same thing while watching uh, Gran Torino. I thought Gran yes. Torino felt like modern day Dirty Harry. It felt like an epilogue of Dirty Harry. I'm actually surprised that that isn't what Gran Torino was all these years later. Yeah, very similar themes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this, was a, this, was a, this was a good one. I enjoy both these movies for different reasons. And I think that to start us off, we should go and, and take a deep dive and get shot at and get tortured by police. And we're going to go with Dirty Harry first. All right. Dirty Harry, directed by Dan Siegel, written by three people. I love it whenever a screenplay has like so many credits to it. Uh, because then it's like, who did what in it? <laughs> you know? Who can we blame for we what one line in the whole movie? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, we have Harry Julian Fink, 
RM Fink, and then uh, Dean Reisner. It was released on December 23rd, 1971, when your WWE champion was fucking Pedro Morales, people. Pedro Morales. This is awesome. I love Pedro. Woo! <laughs> um, a, a few things that I want to toss out there before we let Patrick take us through what Dirty Harry is. Um, this is a really interesting movie for the time period that it came out. Um, 1971 is, and I just want to make sure that I, I, I get this either right or wrong. Yeah, that's what I thought. Came out before The Godfather. And if The Godfather transcended and made mafia movies, gangster movies, into a new era, then Dirty Harry did the exact same thing with cop movies. Let's not forget that this 1971 is before the term serial killer even exists. They do Valid really. Point. They do not yeah. refer to him as a serial killer. They just call him serial murders. That's right. Same hmm. idea. But different. But not specific to the person. Because they're yeah. still talking about motive. <laughs> they're still talking about patterns. But mm -hmm. whoever those FBI agents are that coined the term serial killer, it had not happened yet. This whole era of late 70s into like the mid to late 80s where you had like a bunch of serial killers running rampant in the United States that gave birth to the idea of a serial killer has not happened yet. Hmm. The biggest mystery that this movie takes uh, uh, inspiration from, if you can't tell, how could it you, <laughs> is the Zodiac Killer. Yeah. And so I think that this is a really interesting uh, cross point in the United States culture and our fascination with serial killers. And this is really maybe the first time that we were able to see one in action and then solve how they do it and why they do it. Well, not necessarily why, but how they do it and then bust them accordingly uh, on film. I think this is really, I think that's a really interesting concept. And I just wanted to bring that up uh before we get talking about it and patrick why don't you talk about it with us yeah uh so like i said i did not realize what i was going in on so when it opens up with the scene uh where he shoots somebody off a roof right yes i was like oh is this a contract killer like what's happening here i wonder why he's shooting in that manner like because my brain went instantly to a, he can't be a serial killer because that seems like a lot of work yeah i thought that he was like a contract killer too at first <laughs> sure which i really liked that angle that they took because it does throw you off it makes you have to follow callahan throughout the journey as he starts to figure these clues out i really liked that um I'm so far removed from this movie because I've watched it so many times that that thought never even occurred to me. Yep. But I really enjoy it. I really like that. Um, that's really fun because it almost gives you a, a, a nice little twist right off the bat whenever they find that yeah. dude on the roof. 
Yeah, well, to your point, right? They didn't know what a serial murderer was, so why would they think to look for one? They would think, <laughs> oh, blah blah blah. But yeah. uh, mm-hmm. he he does that, and it instantly cuts to an office. I believe it's the mayor, right? That they're in contact throughout this. Uh-huh. Um, and he calls Callahan in, which is lovely Clint Eastwood. And that man's brutish face could scare any human being ever. <laughs> Just saying. The Clint Eastwood the Clint Eastwood like glare is terrifying. There's not even there's no point of an interrogation if he walks into a room. He'll just look at you and be like my bad, I'll tell you what I did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I guess I busted now. <laughs> right. Uh, but between this and the next little section of the movie, I think it tells you everything you need to know about its main star immediately. So essentially the whole thing for me turned into him fighting the red tape to solve a crime versus this person's a bad dude he needs to go mm-hmm. um and That's i didn't have the full the central uh plot of this yeah totally right and uh, i didn't have i didn't write the full quote down i passed it by then and i was already interested in what was happening in the next scene so i kind of scribbled it down real fast but um a quote something like when you see a naked man chasing a woman he's probably not collecting a red cross <laughs> oh yeah, he, whenever you see a, a man chasing a woman with a knife and a hard on, <laughs> he's you could probably guess he's not going for Red Cross donations. <laughs> right. So I thought, okay, that's a fair point. Let's continue. And <laughs> he's just doing his thing, playing his beat cop game, and he sits down at a restaurant. He has a regular, but it's the same regular for lunch and dinner. Yeah, one hot dog. From what I can tell. (laughs) One hot dog with mustard on it. (laughs) Like, there's just really clever dialogue throughout this movie. Just funny, like... Very cute. It has a very cute dialogue in it, yeah. Like, yeah, there's a lot of, like, sneaky comedy that they put in somehow. Um, Really liked that. Um, But while he's sitting there, he says, you're going to have to call for backup and the dude's like what he's like yeah that car out there is super weird yeah that my man be been lighting cigarettes <laughs> with the ends of other cigarettes <laughs> yeah i love that uh, and and by but, and judging by how many cigarettes were on the ground while he's been there because they pan down and there's like a ton of cigarettes it's either like a this is the longest bank heist in history or b he smokes cigarettes faster than anybody i've ever met <laughs> yeah, yeah faster than me right <laughs> you fucking huff him down baby i will say though at the same time in 1971 you could probably take a little longer to do a robbery than you could today Hey, yeah. we, saw, so, uh, we saw that in action in Dog Day Afternoon. They pretty much took their time with it. So, for context, I think it pseudo makes sense. You're, the, you're right, though. There's probably one or two more cigarette butts in there. It probably should have been for real safety purposes to get out of there. But, <laughs> <laughs> but he comes out. 
you know, he's like, these cops ain't getting here in time. This shit's going down. I'm just going to solve the problem. And he just has a, a good old Western shootout right in the middle of the street. Yep, he solves it the dirty, hairy way, and that's <laughs> yeah. just guns blasting. No yeah. questions, <laughs> no hesitation. No, just like a true cop. That's right. Start just firing, ask questions later. Start shooting at any black person in a car you see in front of a bank. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, and eventually he leads into having one guy left, and he's not very helpful. Uh, no, but I've uh, Dirty Harry throughout the whole film series has like these little sayings that he does in every movie that are uh. just so great. They're just so fantastic. And this one right here with the you have to ask yourself, do yeah. I feel lucky? <clears throat> do you? It is so good. Dude, it that's, so that's a winner. <laughs> fucking awesome. It is like it, watching him say that gives me chills. And like it makes me want to watch uh, what is it? Sudden Impact, where he's also like doing something with a bad guy and he's like challenging the bad guy to shoot him. And he's just like, go on, punk, make my day. <laughs> like, dude, like. <laughs> And this guy, this poor guy, he is like shitting his pants (laughs) because he has this huge gun, the most powerful handgun in the world, like pressed up against his temple. And then he finds out that it isn't even loaded anymore. Oh, it's so good. (laughs) So, Noah, I bet you Mundo can tell you exactly what I was thinking the moment he said that line, but I immediately went right back to counting, see if I could figure out how many shots he actually took. Oh, of course he did. <laughs> I wanted to know before he revealed the secret, and I didn't know because so much happened. There's <laughs> 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 a lot of bullet sounds. I had nothing to go on, but <laughs> I, I didn't want to reverse it. But in all the craziness, I lost myself. <laughs> I lost count. <laughs> and you get the sense that this is like a normal Harry thing. This is like what he does to people. You get yeah. the sense that he knows exactly how many fi- bullets he fired. Yeah, he knows. He's not stupid. Right. And then whenever that guy just looks up and says, I've got to know. It's really good. I love that guy. I love that guy. He's like my favorite side character ever. (laughs) Son of a bitch. And, uh... Oh, and the whole time, sorry to keep talking about this soon, but but, the whole time that he's having the shootout, he's still chewing on that hot dog. Yes, he is. (laughs) Yes, he is. He, he had to have his lunch. Swallow that motherfucker until they're all either arrested or dead. It is amazing. That has <laughs> got to be the fucking grossest thing. <laughs> well, it, it makes me think like, how many times, like back in school, did they tell you that you needed to chew on something before you should swallow it? Like, I was <laughs> like, oh, ha- like Harry will bra- break all the rules, but he knows he needs to chew 54 times before he can swallow it. <laughs> oh the healthiest way to consume food at that point this you may as well just stick guy. in a blender uh, <laughs> so then comes the paperwork he goes back to his 
office again and he gets called in asked about the situation blah 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 um and it gets revealed that he's getting himself a partner which to your point of groundbreaking parts i feel like getting a like a clean partner that doesn't know what they're doing yes is something that that movie yes was ahead of yes Um, yes 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 it adds a whole element to a plot that you don't think about. Yeah. Because um, you don't know what he knows. And as the watcher, you're like, is this guy going to fuck everything up? Right. Is he going to subscribe <laughs> to the same style of police work that, that Harry clearly loves? Yeah, and I... Guns blasting, know, ask questions after. Yeah, and you guys know my thing. I, I like to go back to, I try to put myself in 1971 and imagine what I would have thought of this movie back at that time when it was coming out. That would have been pretty cool. Oh yeah. Um, Especially if you're a Hispanic, like this is a, this is big. Yeah. Uh, the next couple parts I think is where they amped up the music. Directing oh, the score choice. of this movie. I forgot how fucking oh kick-ass the score of this movie is. Dude, That's I still feel like the second note, murder happened. My, my first note in this is, is commenting on how cool the score is during the opening of this movie, during that whole like yeah. rooftop scene. You also get a little brief glimpse here where uh, Scorpio, that's the killer, is like aiming for his next target, which he said would either be a, for lack of a, for lack of the actual term, a black man or a Catholic yeah, yeah. priest, um, you see him like taking aim, and it's really cool because the there's like this funky jive music, this like cool jazz inspired score going on, but then he loses track of the man he's trying to kill, and the music cuts out it's until awesome. he starts finding him again. <laughs> really good stuff. That is just like good film work. Yeah, uh, and they find him that quick. He gets caught like four times. But he he's an interesting killer because he knows people. Yeah. And he well, knows that's the thing. That's the thing. Like he like, knows the streets. Where, yeah, this is where it's really, really interesting because you can clearly tell that the police, the police think that this dude is just some sort of psycho that's on a killing spree, right? But we yeah. are seeing it through his lens. This is a calculated dude. Oh, yeah. You know, he's a, I think he's a really good antagonist and the perfect foil for the first D- Dirty Harry movie. Yep. Um, <laughs> this was one of my favorite parts um, for the racial element of it. Um, well, just general. I guess morality question that runs throughout the movie when we get to meet Hot Mary. Who, oh my god, yeah, hot fucking Mary. Yeah, all 320 <laughs> pounds of her. Yeah. <laughs> well, either way, he's peeping Tom because she, he's like, who is this chick? I need, she's clearly important to what's happening here. Uh, and he gets almost beat up by this group of people behind the alley. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> His partner saves him. So you get your first moment of his partner actually being Johnny on the spot and making sure that everything's okay. Mm, Helping you build a little trust. Um, 
this movie goes so fast. Moves at a fucking clip. Because yeah, all these notes, the... I'm like, there's one or two little storylines, and then another thing happens. It yeah, just yeah. goes. It's, it's giving you little bits of information of who Harry really is, and then intersplicing them with the ongoing plot of it. I mean, for once oh. again, for a movie that is like revolutionizing how cop movies are done, this feels like a, a modern cop movie. It really, I feel like it really does. Like a modern cop movie would make all these same choices. Yep. Um, but he gets called to a suicide and as Dirty Harry does, he gets all the dirty jobs because nobody else wants to do them. Basically, any job that you could die on or someone could die, Dirty Harry is the one that leads the charge for some reason. Yes. No other cop knows how to deal with a murdered scene. I don't understand it. <laughs> but, you know, it's fine. Uh, maybe they'll know he'll shoot them. It's fine. <laughs> I love that their whole plan is... Well, how do we get the jumper off the roof? Oh, no, send Harry up there to piss him off. Yeah. <laughs> piss him off, <laughs> he like, does. He doesn't... I've seen so many jumper scenes in modern-day movies and, like, the early 2000s, and none of them sound like this one. He's at so, all. Like, he's, <laughs> he's basically like, you well, you're an asshole if you want to jump. <laughs> and you want to know what's so great about this scene in particular? Um, Clint Eastwood uh, uh, directed the scene because uh, the director had other obligations. I don't know why, but but Clint Eastwood directed this scene and they uh, gave him an actual cherry picker. That's a real cherry picker. He's up there like 60 feet in the air. It looked like it. I didn't think it wouldn't be. And then, and then they gave him a three-day permit uh, to film this scene. Uh, at nights, and they did it in like two takes. Crazy. Yeah, Clint Eastwood's known for that. Is it for <laughs> in, in the in the Hollywood business for having films done early and under budget? You made another point that I want to bring up. Overall, their use of filming and natural lighting was done so well. Oh yeah. They didn't have all the shit they have now to recreate what it looks like at 1030 at night in the woods. Yeah. No, they just had to fucking film that. Right. Like, it was very impressive for me. I really liked it. Yeah. Um, but. It must have been crazy seeing this movie if you lived in San Francisco at the time. Oh, yeah. Because you know all the stuff. You know what's happening. <laughs> but you also uh, know. Like, how hard the police are going after, uh, you know, gay people and minorities. And then you have this mm -hmm. op, Dirty Harry, who seems to be the worst of the bunch. But as we'll get into it, he also <laughs> seems to be the most open-minded of them all, too. Yep. Um, because he's like he Batman for San Francisco. You know, he's not the hero they want or need, but it's the one they deserve. Yep. <laughs> You're right. Uh, so our killer could not get his black man. So he turns to the priest. No, he uh, turns to the little boy. Well, he tries to find the priest, though. Yeah, and then he kills yeah. the little boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
not great. You know, I that was actually a tough one for me to watch. That was hard. Yeah. Um, they they forced feelings in this one about the topic they're covering, and that doesn't usually that topic doesn't usually hit me very hard. What child murder? No, not child murder. Just like the over the overwhelming question of moral versus immoral because we've seen it so much you know like that doesn't usually affect my thought process while watching something it's usually got to be deeper that one hit me really hard i'm like really bro you chose a black man and a priest and you went with a kid (laughs) well he didn't to be fair he didn't say a black man he just said a black person you're right you're right (laughs) once again (laughs) use your imagination people to imagine what word he used you're right. You're right. I guess that's fair. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> this guy. Uh, oh, I wrote the guy's name down. Collins. Um, Officer Collins gets a bad rap here going forward. He kind of gets shit on for a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's necessary. You have to have a shit on cop somewhere in a cop movie. That's how it goes. For sure. I like that. Normally, there's always a shit one bring it on give me two like <laughs> give me a whole partner duo that's shit that way dirty harry can beat two people to the punch <laughs> um and uh they receive a ransom note a little girl or yeah a girl has been taken they don't know where they don't know how long they have uh, but well they do they get told they have three days to give him a hundred thousand dollars yeah um and <clears throat> As Dirty Harry would not want, one, they're trying to actually do it. Two, they're using it as a delay tactic, not thinking about the girl's fate. Yeah, Harry calls it out right away. He does, and it's super important that he does that for his character. Yeah. Um, obviously. Uh, but eventually, because the guy sees that they're doing a stall tactic, he ch- he ups the game, right? He says, "I want to, I want Detective Callahan, and now it's two hundred thousand dollars. Let's go. <laughs> no questions asked. Send him alone. Go to this place." And- I fucking loved this whole part of this movie. It was stellar. This fucking blew my movie. mind. I forget about it every time I watch this movie. But as soon as it ever comes on, I'm like, what a unique way of creating tension for this movie. Well, it's not even that. It's that it's another part where the bad guy's intelligent. Yeah. You know, it's another part of that character that shows you he's not just a crazy person going around killing people. He has a plan behind all this. And it's well set. He has four different payphone phone numbers for direct calling. Yeah. Already ready to go. Like, okay, Harry, get to the next one by this time or girl's dead. Um, Gives him four and, rings. Yep, you have, yep, that's it. Um, and he does, I don't want to get too long into it, um, but he does all of it. This is the part where I thought about the natural lighting. Yeah. Because uh, this, this part was incredible. <laughs> where I started thinking, man, this is like the only good cop in San Francisco like 
San Francisco back in the 70s were busting gays left and right. And a, a guy yeah. comes up to Harry and he's like, oh, I'm a friend of Alice and I'll go down any hole you want me to. <laughs> you know, but like Harry's just like, go fucking home. <laughs> Gives him the old Jedi mind trick. <laughs> you don't want to sell for you. Sticks. <laughs> I have a question for you since you've seen it so many times. Yeah. I forget. Do we ever get the killer's name? Uh, yes, we do, but I forget it. Okay, so I couldn't remember it for some reason, and it was a small thing, but I was going to save it for today to ask you about it, because they keep saying K, right, throughout the movie, and as he's going down the subway, or whatever whatever they call it in San Francisco, um, Kyle's written on the back wall. No, I'll look it up real quick while you get it. It might mean nothing, but it but because it, I'm me, I noticed it and I'm I'll, like, oh. Yeah, I'll uh um, I'll look it up while you continue with your uh Yeah. Um <laughs> I think it's I think it's Charles something. Okay, all right. I wonder what the K Charles. means then. Huh. Um the only part from the the phones that I want to get into is when the guy says hubba hubba pig hubba 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 pig bastard love it the best love so it. good that was like that infusion of comedy that i needed right in the middle of all that tension it was beautiful sure and it fit um <clears throat> Uh, so Chico comes in again, finally. Chico's in the middle of this chase now, even though he's supposed to be alone, going through and finding the bad guy. I love um, that they put him as part of the, uh, as part of the, like, I love his, it's it's small and it's quick, but the way that he, like, leads onto Harry once he realizes that Harry is really the only person who gives a fuck about the people of San Francisco. Yep. He like latches onto him and he does not let go. I love that. And it, I feel it's super sad whenever he gets shot. Do you think it's a mistake not to kill him? No, because I, 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 I don't, but I'm, I don't have a great reason why. But usually I'm on the camp of, oh, just kill him. We don't know him that well. <laughs> what about but, what, uh, you, Noah? Do you think that this movie made a mistake in not killing uh, Chico. No. I think that they... I mean, we don't really get, like, a whole lot of characterization for him. Like, we don't have a whole great opportunity to really get to know him. So, killing him, we won't... It won't give us, like, as good of an emotional payoff because we're not as close with him. So, it really doesn't matter what they did with him. Agreed. I think but him I, being I alive like, to tell the story was more yeah. important. Yeah, I feel like it w- would have been much more of a mistake to kill him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he helps. He kind of distracts the whole situation. Um, his staying at the steep. Oh, right. Never mind. I couldn't understand my own notes here. Um, <laughs> he ends up because he gets found. Now you're like, um, now you're like officially turning into me. Why yeah, the yeah. Fuck did I write that? Dude, so much <laughs> happened. I was writing so fast. It moves at a clip. This movie moves so fast. Um, 
<laughs> I wrote down the line too much linguini. Really enjoyed that one. Oh uh, my god. <laughs> that may have been the like out of all the lines in this movie that isn't remembered, how is uh, too much linguini? Right? How is that not remembered? How is that the line that people forgot? It is so fucking funny. That is like my new excuse whenever I want to get out of anything. Uh-uh. Too much linguini. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. You know me. I love those stupid lines. Oh my god, uh, dude, it was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> so he he gets to he learns Dirty Harry learns that he's staying at the stadium. Yeah, old groundskeepers letting him hang out there. Uh, and he's gone and gotten oh, we, some we, plastic. We, we breezed over the fact that he stabbed the killer in the leg and the killer mm-hmm. gave the strangest scream I've ever heard out of a man's mouth. Forgot about that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he also, doesn't he get like plastic surgery or something? Uh, no, 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 no. He gets fu- He gets beat the fuck up. He doesn't get. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he, he gets beat up on purpose. So this part... One of the like, this is probably that last part in the movie that just kind of blew my mind with the change it takes. Right, he gets himself beat up in order to manipulate the media. I loved it. Wow, brilliant, brilliant (laughs) fucking move. Brilliant plotting, brilliant scripting, brilliant character moment. You know this guy wasn't supposed to be the original uh, uh, person for this role. The role in the script calls for like a short, like fat, balding dude. That wouldn't have worked. But dirty, but 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 dirty hair. But Clint Eastwood actually saw this guy (laughs) in a play in San Francisco. And notice how it wow. said it said that he had like this angelic but disturbing beauty about his face. I'm and learning so much more respect for Clint Eastwood want, as we go here. Yeah, that, that that's what made him want to to be to to have him as the villain in this movie. Fun fact: this guy is also the uh, uh, main dude in the original Hellraiser. I wasn't going to ask. I, that, I was going to ask you if you recognized him from anywhere, Noah. Yep, from oh, Hellraiser. <laughs> that is a fun fact because Hellraiser yeah. fucking rules. <laughs> I love Hellraiser, dude. The first three Hellraisers can fucking fuck. That's for sure. All right. So you think Chico is down and out? You think he's done for? Oh, no, he comes back with a super hot wife. <laughs> <laughs> no, he turns the lights on. <laughs> Is it, I thought that the fat guy is the one that turned the lights on. Oh, I thought he's the one that turns the lights on. Yeah, no, fat so. Oh, that's my bad. Team. Okay. Yeah. Although it would have been awesome uh-uh. if Chico turned Too the lights on. Weedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That weedy consumption does not stop you right. from turning on light switches, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> that one got me. You're right. You're right. <laughs> You're right. It's just being lazy now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but <clears throat> this part is one of those other parts <clears throat> that broke my morality wheel. And I can't believe this movie did this to me twice. 
he found out the girl's already dead. So he went through all of that for no reason. Yep. And then the and then the city's gonna punish <sighs> him because right. he used like torture to get the location of the girl. And I'm, I'm I was gonna say this for my story, but I'll throw it in right now. This plot point always pisses me the fuck off because this movie takes like extra care to make sure that like this is at least a movie based in reality. This isn't real. This whole like obstruction of justice isn't real. If a man admits to kidnapping, killing, and the location of the girl that he killed, a judge. They're saying, oh, that will never stand up in court because you went in there illegally and you tortured him. Any judge in fucking America, in San Francisco, in California, in the world, will find a way to make that leap. Because he killed a girl. He admitted to murder. It does not matter. Like, I understand what they're saying. I understand what they're going for. I get their whole fucking point. Mm-hmm. But in a movie that's based in reality, this pisses me off. This is where this movie loses a couple points, in my opinion, Uh, in in plot and in technicality, uh, just because, like, it doesn't make sense. You're on mute, buddy. (laughs) That's fair, because I didn't understand why in that point in the movie that was becoming... Like they they reiterated the point again, right? Yeah. That should have been a growth opportunity for the mayor to be like, "Oh, you might be right." Right? Have, have Scorpio <laughs> escape subway. He's already proven that he's smart enough to fucking go up against yep. the entire police department. Well, that's yep. the thing. It's because Harry is the only like intelligent cop in the entire city. Yeah, I just want so it to be known a- now that I have a problem with that, and I'll I'll talk <laughs> about why later. Yeah. Oh, totally. It's him, Chico, and Linguini. Like, are they the only three cops in San Francisco? (laughs) (laughs) So beyond that point, Harry gets, I don't remember the exact job because it didn't matter because the bus comes into play. Yeah, well, they told him to stay away from the bus. Right. Yeah. But there was another, there was another task they asked him to do. And he's like, no, I'm not doing that. And it's the first time he turns down a dirty job to go his own path. Uh, but bro, if I don't get a poster of him standing on those railroad tracks one day, what the, what are you doing with your condo? Like, that Let me ask inc- you this. amazing. So, so <laughs> before this, before this, we already touched on this a little bit, but he gets beat the fuck up by that black guy. And then yeah. they're like, he's reporting on the news that Harry did this. And Harry says, it couldn't have been me. Well, how? Because he looks too damn good. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick, how hard did you get when he said Dude, that? I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> did you have to like stand up and adjust your pants or what? <laughs> <laughs> that was, he looks too damn good. <laughs> <laughs> they, they know how to, he knows how to write his one-liners. Yeah, for sure. It's great. Uh, but man, like, that guy's face when he sees him standing there, it's oh, like it's like he realizes fuck. that it's like he just saw his life flash before his eyes. Yeah. Yep. 
He jump. Of course, he jumps on the top of the bus because yeah. he's dirty Harry. Because he's fucking dirty Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. Uh, now you see that happen all the time. Yep. <laughs> Everyone jumps think- on buses. They all get it from Dirty Harry Man. <laughs> yeah. And he eventually is able to help all of the children survive. The uh, bus driver, that poor bus driver. Oh, I felt so bad for her. She fucking <laughs> really didn't deserve it, man. No, he's just taking her kids home. And uh, he gets out of his bus, runs away. Dirty Harry is, of course, following up behind and doing his jam. Um, and he gets, they go through this whole warehouse, shot beautifully. I loved all of that. Um, of course, you get like your. Your stormtrooper shooting for a bit in there. Loved it. Classic action movie. Perfect. Um, and he ends up down at the beach and he's stolen a kid. Again. Again. This guy <laughs> has a thing with kids. <laughs> oh, that and, was a that was a statement. <laughs> right? I know. This guy has a real thing with kids. <laughs> he does. He does though. I think that like yeah. I mean, the, I think a, the he's evolved over a whole movie. The undertones yeah. here to me is that he is a closeted gay man who was ostracized from his religious community. That's why he's going after uh, Catholics. That's why he's going after black guys because he's sexually attracted to black guys, even though he doesn't want to be. And he's like jealous of the innocence that kids have that he cannot have. Mm-hmm. Like to me, that's the whole classic point of- serial killer motive. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what's great is that this movie doesn't tell you that you get to mm-hmm. make those connections on your own little fucking bulletin board yourself you know yep. if you think about it deeper than just watching an entertaining movie and it is an entertaining movie it's very deep yep and this time around you get the famous line again but, but he's only taken five shots not six so did you count you know. them? Did you count them, Patrick? No, I didn't. But I once again went back and was like, okay, he shot around the corner and then he shot here. <laughs> but I didn't get there in time. <laughs> um, no, but he he does that and um, it ends with him taking his badge out and throwing it in the river, the lake, whatever was behind them. I didn't quite get a good glimpse of like what actual type of body of water it was. And then but Lone his Ranger in it. goes on his <clears> own. <throat> yes. He, <laughs> he no longer fits in San Francisco Police Department. Uh, the rest of that, them had too much linguine. He they couldn't keep linguine. up. <laughs> 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 I, so that is the movie. I really enjoyed Dirty Harry. This was a really good watch again. Patrick, thanks for bringing it up. Anytime. Um, yeah, my God, dude. What a fucking fun action romp that is. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, Noah. We got Shutter Island, a, a, a movie that every time I typed it into my Google to get information, I accidentally typed in Shitter Island. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> but Shutter Island, directed by Martin Scorsese, written by Lita Caligridis. How about that, guys? Uh, came out 
uh, to film festivals on February 13th <laughs> and then February 19th nationwide in the United States. Uh, when your WWE champion is Patrick's boy, the great white Sheamus. Yeah, <laughs> that guy. Love a little preamble here. So I try to come into this with a, a new mind. Full disclosure, last time I, I saw this movie, um, I really, really didn't like it. Um, and that's because I... the. Do you guys remember the whole marketing of this movie? Yes. I don't. The whole marketing of this movie made it seem like this was like plot twist the movie oh i do remember that yeah yeah. every yeah. single trailer and commercial on tv kept on saying with a plot twist that you won't see coming with a plot twist that'll blow you away and i'm watching the trailers for it and i'm like what 2010 i'm in high school i'm a, a senior in high school and i'm telling all my friends Oh, Leonardo DiCaprio's the crazy one in this movie. Oh, Leonardo DiCaprio's a patient at the insane asylum. So the first time I watched this, that's all I cared about was like, okay, let's just fucking get to it. Let's just get to the fucking like if you like if you really wanted this to be a twist, you would have made him like an alien or something. (laughs) Something. (laughs) Like something you wouldn't (laughs) expect. You know that it ends up that Bigfoot is the antagonist that (laughs) or he was like Hitler reincarnated. Yeah. Like you would do something (laughs) that is completely and totally out there. And instead I was right. He was the crazy guy the whole time. Um so this (laughs) time I went into it already knowing that that is indeed the fucking twist. Knowing that I wasn't happy with the movie the last time, but that might be because I was too focused on the twist last time. So I try to enjoy this as a straight movie. Already knowing the information that I have laid out to me, how well does this movie convey this information and how well does it handle its twist? Noah, take us away. All right, so... We start in 1954 with U.S. Marshal Teddy Daniels and his new partner Chuck arriving at Ashcliff Hospital for the criminally insane on Shutter Island to investigate the disappearance of a patient who had escaped, Rachel Salando, who in murdered front of her. The biggest fucking green screen I've ever seen in my life. Let's oh not bring God. that up quite yet. Let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> it gets way worse later. Uh, but she murdered her three children by drowning them. Uh, After being shown around the island and talking to a number of the staff, they find out that Rachel's primary doctor, Dr. Sheehan, left for vacation immediately after she had disappeared. Uh, They are invited into the mansion of Dr. Kali, which that whole scene of Leonardo DiCaprio's character going up against like Max von Sydow's character and like seeing their little interactions and knowing that Leo's character served in World War II and seeing his prejudices against like German people. Yeah. I love that. I love that they are like bringing in elements from like how people were around that time and like showing you without telling you like what time period it is, everything around you is saying like, Hey, this is in the fifties. 
you know, well, you know what I mean? Like, because like, I feel like a lot of times these war vet movies, um, they, they provide this idea that like, if you served in the war that you're racist against Asians, like how many Korean movies are about like war vets learning that the Korean family next door actually aren't that bad. You know, how many is yeah. that like, Oh, they just go to work and the normal people like likes me, you know what I mean? Um, so I actually feel like this was very smart and very unique uh, in that they went with the German prejudices instead yeah. of your typical Asian prejudices. Which kudos to this movie, and I think it's done well. And in this scene, we find out again <clears throat> that he was a veteran of World War II who helped liberate the Dachau uh, labor camp. Um, My ass, that was Dachau. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He does flat out say it was a cow. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> My ass. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they are told that they are not going to be granted permission to view any of the files of Dr. Sheehan or of Rachel. Um, <clears throat> and they fucking leave he's all pissed off and shit that night um he has a dream of his dead wife dolores who died in a fire started by arsonist andrew latus uh in the dream dolores tells teddy that rachel is still on the island and also that latus is here at the asylum as well yeah, that's that's what he who he's really at yeah as we find out later yeah um <clears throat> Due to an incoming hurricane, Teddy decides that him and Chuck need to interview the patients who were at the last group therapy session that Rachel was a part of, trying to figure out something because nobody is giving either of them like any straight answers. And of course, they think that asking the insane people is going to be any different. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but this con the entire time through this conversation you if you look and notice like in the background chuck never has like any orderly standing behind him but the entire time teddy always has like doctors and shit standing behind him yeah. along with the patients that they are talking to but yeah. never chuck that's one I of the first things that i picked up on that like hey something ain't right here yeah um so, like I also noticed that I picked up a, a little hit earlier um, with him being so like afraid of water. Mm -hmm. You know, that was like really the hit to me that he's hiding some sort of information. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I totally uh, saw that as well. And then during this uh, interrogation scene, there's this really cool trick that they do where they get, uh, that woman a glass of water and she lifts it up and drinks it and then puts it down and the glass is empty but if you look at her hand nothing's there yep it's was I, it was really really neat that was a really neat little subtle but but if you're watching this with a close eye and once again you know the twist like we all do um it's the really nice breadcrumbs that that you might not get the first time, but uh, to somebody who doesn't know the twist, uh, could be really disjointing. I mean, these were things but that intriguing. I didn't pick up like. But intriguing. I think, yeah. that it's, I think that that's done well. 
Um, so she gets nervous at the mention of Dr. Sheehan. And I also noticed too, that whenever they started talking about Dr. Sheehan, she immediately like looked over to Chuck very briefly, but she kept on like nervously just kind of looking over at him. Um, Agreed. Noticed that too. And after she asks him to go and grab her a glass of water, she very quickly writes something into Teddy's little like notebook. Um, but she cuts off the interview whenever he asks if she knows who Latus is, saying that she doesn't know who he is. She's never heard of him. And she just immediately gets up and just goes back to her room. Um, Teddy tell, uh, finally like tells Chuck a couple minutes later that the whole reason why he took this case was so that he could find Latus. And after he hears rumors that experiments are being conducted on patients on the island, after talking to someone named George Noyce, uh, after he had spent some time at Ashcliffe previously. So the marshals are now trapped on the island indefinitely by the worsening hurricane. And after questioning Collie about a mysterious patient 67, they are told that Rachel was suddenly found that morning on the island. Uh, after they go and question her, Teddy suddenly has a severe migraine and is given some pills to help stop it and ends up falling asleep. He dreams that night of a bunch of different things. Uh, one of Rachel and the children that she had murdered, uh, Latus, and his wife. See, this is where I put down in my notes, like, what if... At this moment, fucking Freddy Krueger started showing up and killing people. <laughs> I don't think that's praise for the movie. That doesn't sound like praise. <laughs> it sounds like you're bored and you want something else to happen. <laughs> yeah. um, once again, like I'm so focused on this whole thing of like, what could have they done in this movie to like really made it surprising? That really would have been a plot twist. <laughs> well, that definitely would do it. <laughs> no, I, I think that it. I think that he should have been like a reincarnation of Hitler, and he was there the whole time to try and infiltrate. You're telling me that that's more likely than Freddy Krueger? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> no, I just believe he was Hitler, but. If he believes um, he is Hitler, he will become Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> but he believes, uh, or he wakes up to absolute chaos on the island because the hurricane had knocked out not only the main generator on the island, but also the backup generator. So this entire island is without power now. And a lot of the patients, because of this, are set free. Their, their, uh, their cells become unlocked and they're just roaming free now. They just Side it's like to, a huge design flaw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this seems like no. a huge design flaw. So they decide, bit. him and Chuck decide to go and look into Ward C, where the most dangerous prisoners are held. Uh, there, Teddy finds George Noyce, who tells him that lobotomies are being conducted in the lighthouse on the island and that he cannot trust anyone around him, including Chuck, his partner. Ted and Chuck then go to investigate the lighthouse together, but Chuck suddenly disappears. Yeah. <laughs> Just 
just suddenly. And I don't understand how he does. (laughs) Now, whenever you think about it and you think that all of this was just like a elaborate role play to convince him that he's Mm. actually Teddy, that kind of fills a gap. How though? How does him disappear? Okay. It also doesn't. Can I say something, please? Somebody there to keep up the charade. How yeah. does that help him become more immersed in this role play that they're doing, Noah? I have yes. no idea. I can also see it as like he is hallucinating him even being there to begin with. Like at some point they got separated in Ward C, and now Teddy's just like off on his own thing well, like, but he's hallucinating is like how real is so much of this movie like to your point okay so yeah. what if this what if this uh the storm is actually happening does actually take out the power generators does actually release the prisoners but uh they've already locked up Leonardo DiCaprio for the night so he's not even with Leonardo DiCaprio whenever they go to building C Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying hurts. this because, like, I want it to make sense, but this movie doesn't, <clears throat> like, I'm down with, like, a lot of the stuff that they do to feed into the twist, but, like, this is where it starts unraveling and pretty, pretty severely. Yeah. I have a random comment to make. Yeah. I've been really quiet up to this point. I know. Because I have a very solid opinion about this movie, and nothing has changed it so far of anything you've said. But (laughs) I had a really weird feeling watching this movie that the whole thing feels made up as it was going. Oh, it was just like, oh, maybe we should just have the generator fail now. That'll help us move the plot along. That works. (laughs) He's like like, ah, a man back there booking raw on the night of raw. It just it drove me nuts. Everything was either super convenient or made absolutely no sense, and I don't understand. Yeah, it but was the answer was right in front of them, or they had to go through like a whole like video game series of checkpoints. Yeah, but continue, continue the plot. <laughs> but Ted goes to look for him, and while he's looking for Chuck, he finds a cave on the edge of the island where he finds the real. Rachel Solando, a former doctor on the island who found out that experiments were happening on in the lighthouse um, and was committed against her will. She warns him that Dr. Kali and Naring will use his trauma to say he's had a psychotic break and have him also forcefully committed. After he returns to the hospital and begins asking about the whereabouts of his partner, Dr. Colley tells him that he never had a partner and he came to the island alone. Reasonable. He still doesn't believe this. He thinks that they are just trying to fuck with him and, and say like, that what he's insane. point of the experiment is this then? <laughs> Close to the end. What point of the experience is this? <laughs> So as he continues hunt, as he continues hunting for Chuck, um, he runs into Doctor Naring, the German psychologist, again, uh-huh. and he tries to sedate him, but Teddy overpowers him and sedates him instead. Fucking go what figure. What are you doing trying to fucking fight a like person that you know was in World War Two? 
<laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, why would you even try that? This is like the toughest generation of men that ever existed. And you're going to, what? Get out of here. <laughs> so um, he finally arrives at the lighthouse, but getting in there, he is confronted by Dr. Colley, who drops the plot twist on him that he is in fact Andrew Latus and that everything that has happened in this entire movie up to this point has just been an elaborate act meant to try and cure him of his psychosis. Uh, He tells him that the visions that he's been having, the migraines and like how he's been getting the shakes in his hands, all of that has been just withdrawals from chlorpromorphazine and antipsychotic. Yeah, that he's been taking for two years. So he's been at this asylum now for two years. Um, he tells Andrew, Teddy, that if he does not comply and he doesn't break out of this little psychotic episode that he's having, he's going to be lobotomized. Um, <clears throat> he still doesn't believe this. He thinks, again, that it's just Kali trying to manipulate him into believing that he's insane. And then Chuck enters the room. And reveals that he is indeed Dr. Sheehan. And he is actually Andrew Latus's uh, personal physician. Not Rachel's because Rachel doesn't exist. Teddy doesn't exist. It's Andrew Latus and his wife, Dolores. <laughs> and what happened? Patrick, Patrick, let me ask you this. Can I ask you something, Patrick? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, how do you feel about antigrams? <laughs> I... It's the dumbest fucking thing they could have done in this whole movie. Hey, guess what, Patrick? It was already dumb. And then they were like, oh, let's make four names with the same letters. That'll trick them. Patrick, (sighs) guess what? Jesus. The title of this movie? The title of this movie? Shutter Island? Yeah, I know. I know. It's also an (laughs) anagram. Yeah, I know. Of what? Uh, I have to look it up real quick. It is... I would like to make a point that half the people in this movie aren't real. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Did you know how frustrating that is? Shutter Island is an anagram <laughs> of truths and lies and truths denials. Okay. Great. <laughs> I wonder if that was on purpose. So. Knowing this um, movie, probably not. <laughs> but. Happy yeah, accident. so. It's revealed that Teddy is indeed Andrew Latus. He killed his wife, a manic depressive fucking psycho who murdered their three children by drowning them in the lake outside of their lake house after they had moved there after she set fire to their apartment back in San Francisco. Realizing all this and this like sudden rush of clarity to him, he passes out. Awakening later, Andrew calmly admits the truth, you know, fucking satisfying everyone. He's not going to get lobotomized anymore. Fucking whatever. Uh, I didn't get that at all. What? They're still testing him at that point. Well, yeah, they're still testing him. They need to make sure that, like, he is accepting that, you know, reality is what it is. Yeah. Okay. But. In that moment, yeah, he's accepting it, but then he gets delusional later on again 
and, you know, looks at Dr. Sheehan and calls him Chuck again and says, you know, oh, we need to get off this rock and everything like that. Like, is he, he has trying a, to get himself lobotomized? Well, that's the yes. that's the thing. Yes. Yeah. See, I think he's still crazy. I think he's 100%. a cuckoo pants. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, he's absolutely insane. He can't deal with the guilt of ha- of like killing his wife. He can't accept the fact that she murdered their children. He was a vet in World War II, so he has all that war trauma and shit. Like, dude's pretty fucked up. Yeah. May I pose a theory? Please. Yeah, I've already gave off my he was Freddy Krueger the whole time theory. So. No, it's not, it has nothing to do with that. <laughs> nothing weird. E.T. He's just E.T. Trying to get home Ooh. from this island. See? Once again, this <laughs> there is you go. a lot better than what we got. <laughs> um, no. Is this movie better if Mark Ruffalo and Leo switch characters? I believe it is. Not a lot, but more. Ooh, listen, you're, it's not fair because you're like poking at my love of Mark Ruffalo, who I do enjoy more as an overall. You mean the better actor, Mark Ruffalo? Obviously. <laughs> Look, I'm just saying, Mark think, Ruffalo never starred in Titanic. Said, so. I don't find anything necessarily wrong with Leonardo DiCaprio's performance here. I think that. I'm just saying, I'd rather hear Leo say boss a bunch of times and Mark Ruffalo have real lines. Dude, I feel so like that's he doesn't have Mark Ruffalo have real lines. It's yeah. fair. He does not have many. Does not have anything to say in this movie. Not much. I have one or two things written down that he says real words. But other than that, it's like, all right, boss. <laughs> <laughs> I love that that he says real words. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, uh, that's but I, I feel like that is one uh, billion percent. What's what's going on here? He is definitely uh, fibbing his his fake reality at the end here. To as he says, he he says it out there. Is it better to uh, what? I don't know. I don't know. Die as a monster, or like live as a monster, or die as a good man, or something like that. Yeah, I was like, I don't fucking know, dude. I don't know that line is as impactful as what you think it is no it's not because he's not dying as a good man yeah no matter (laughs) what you're a horrible person yeah you're a monster either way well in his in his mind (laughs) in that moment he is back to thinking of himself as teddy again which that's a good that's his he's not actually a good man but he believes no he is not teddy again at the end no that's our he argument. Not he did not revert back to the fantasy that he gave himself. He's pretending. He's pretending to be so he can be lobotomized and forget about the whole fucking thing. I don't know. This movie lied to me the entire time. <laughs> well, it's one big lie. <laughs> I mean, that is what happened. The way that I see it is that he slipped back into that reality again that he had regressed because he already has a history of doing that. He had already done that nine months prior to that ending. I initially thought that too, but Mundo sold me. 
Yeah, there's no way. There's like a there's like a forlorn look at him on him. Like, yeah. like why would Teddy say something like that? You it's know, not like, in his character. Why? Yeah, like Teddy would like <laughs> Teddy didn't do anything. He's looking for his wife's murder. He has no reason to be like, is it better to die a monster? Like, what are you talking about, Teddy? You're the good guy here. In your mind, yep. you're the good guy. But now you're like having this existential thing. No, there's no way. That yeah, is the I, wrong interpretation of this movie. The right one, uh, he fakes going back into his psychosis so he can't get lobotomized, lobotomized because he does not want to go through this again uh, because he regrets so much what he had to do. Anything? <laughs> God, no. just no, Noah's supposed to respond to you there. I'm on your side. Here. I'll accept it. I'll accept it. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I'll accept it. Also, Noah's fun turn. fact: this also came out at around the same time that Inception did. So this is two movies in the same year that Leo played a character who was like mourning the death of his wife. Yep, and one was clearly better. Yeah, Does Shutter it Island. Though? Like it's no. not hold up. On <laughs> I'm just gonna toss that out there right now, okay? I know you have a different opinion about those movies. It's fine. I don't know. I don't exactly think that. Uh, I don't. I don't. Eh, I don't really like Inception now. That all these years later, I didn't yeah. really like it back then. At the time, it was like exactly At the time. Uh, we're not talking about Inception. We're talking <laughs> about Shutter Island, which we are. Could or could be better or worse than Inception. Who knows? <laughs> also, this is the only movie that Leo and Martin Scorsese have done together that didn't receive any Oscar nominations. Gee, I wonder why that is. Huh. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's a masterpiece. It's time for scores. Let's get scores. Oh, I can't wait to give my very shitty scores for Dirty Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, yeah, you were very quiet during the dirty, dirty <laughs> conversation. You were. Guys, we just revert to movie, revert to Guys, we just reviewed two movies that uh, were good. I liked both of them. I note that uh, I shit on Shutter Island a lot at the end, but I feel like for the first two thirds of the movie, it was going really well. And this is a classic example of something that we'll talk about in a bit. But before we get to it, guys, Noah, what is the best way that our listeners could help us out? Tell your friends and family. Tell your dog. Tell your cat. I don't care. Whoever you cry to at night, tell them. Pop Culture Forest. Film Harvest. <laughs> Noah Schilling. Mundo Lopez. Patrick Weaver. <laughs> help us get... Join our cult. <laughs> Is hundred human dollars okay? Even if it's just ninety nine. Even if it's just ninety nine human dollars, don't take it. I just don't want a human it. dollar. <laughs> he will for sure take it. Uh, but for real, get us out there. Uh, start listening to us in public. Uh, tell your friends. Tell your coworkers. Get onto your uh, review your podcast listening device of choice and give us a review. Uh, it would really, really, really help us out. I'm going to uh, bring back the fashion statement of having a boom box on your shoulder, 
but it's only going to be playing pop culture for us episodes. Yeah, like Radio Rahim and do the right thing, but it only is, yes, instead of fight the power. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the pop culture for us. Our voices filling up your ears in every city, in every state. Yeah. Straight in your ear hole with our in every big, street throbbing voices. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, guys <laughs> our review system is still waiting on that patent i filed it uh earlier this year still hasn't gone through uh but we're but i did trademark it uh they refused to give me the trademark for it though because we don't have anything that the trademark would be worthy with so guys <laughs> We have a rating system here to figure out which of these two movies will be picked. Of course, these all stand for different aspects of the movies, and we give them each a different uh, score. The first one is plot, the overall story of the movie, and how well it was executed. That's given 30 points. We have intelligence. This is how well the characters are uh, created and how well they work. I always try to think of this as how realistic do you think they are? Are they consistent? Do you feel like you could meet this person in real life? That's also given a 30. Uh, next up is our only one not given 30, a tender, Captivation. How captivating was this movie for you? How interesting was it as it was going on? And finally, we have technicality. How well was this movie made? Uh, how well was it put together? This includes directing, acting, uh, uh, lighting as it were uh and special effects this is all the technicalities put into one uh, the film craft overall of the movie also given 30 points given a total of 100 then we find our average and we go from there we also have a special thing going on at the end of this episode so we'll find out about that too huh huh oh, yeah. huh huh, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it was my odd week out this week, and that was very fun just talking about these two movies. Uh, we are going to start, as we did in part one of this podcast, with Dirty Harry. Being the Let's odd week I will, I'll go first in this, in this case. Uh, my scores for Dirty Harry, starting with plot. Out of 30 points, uh, remember now, I'm writing down the reasons why I have these scores. <laughs> Did I actually care? <laughs> uh, I have 26 out of 30 uh, for the movie Dirty Harry. Uh, by now, in 2022, I know Patrick likes to put his mind back there whenever the movie came out. I don't do that because I feel like a timeless movie is timeless. Uh, you can view it with 2022 eyes and it'll be just as good. So as it is, I mean, this movie plot now has been happening for fucking 50 years. Uh, nothing new or special, not even that creative, but extremely well done with very fun, unique flourishes throughout. This is, uh, I would say, slightly above average of, of a plot for me. I feel like, yeah, 26 is a, is a very fair plot number for Dirty Harry. 
Uh, intelligence, I have, uh, I, I, I have it at a 25. That's because we focus so much on Dirty Harry, but we still like don't really know anything about him. Um, same can go for the, the most I feel uh, the, the movie develops as a character is definitely Chigo. But he's given such few screen time, such little screen time, that it can't really boost it up so much. So for the deep character exploration, though I feel like it doesn't pay off with Dirty Harry, add that with Chico, who does go through like a little character shift. Um, yeah, 25. This is about average. Uh, captivating. Uh, I like this, but whenever it does, it isn't moving at a clip, it almost comes to a grinding halt. Not only that, uh, but I really got a little sick to my stomach whenever they were pulling that girl out of there because the movie had put off that she was 14. And I know that obviously she's an actress and not 14, <laughs> but like the knowledge that her character is supposed to like really, really rubbed me the wrong way. Um, and I really didn't know where else to put that those points being knocked off, so I put it here with Captivating. Fair enough. Yeah. And overall, I don't, for technicality, I don't really love Clint Eastwood as an actor. I think he's good, but I, 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 he's one of those guys that is definitely mostly playing the same dude over and over again. And that's not my favorite type of character. We have already established that Clint Eastwood is way better at directing than he is at acting. Agreed. Um, he's pretty much, once again, I have this right here in my notes. He's pretty much blondie again. Uh, and the writing doesn't feel very natural at points. Um, we needed more scenes to explore the characters in this movie internally. Like, the, even though I like it really, I really didn't like how they use that's why they call you dirty Harry, huh? Like three times in no joke, 10 minutes. Yep. It really bothered me. Then they don't bring it up again until way later, but it's the rule of three people, not the rule of five. You know? So those are, of course, 25 for technicality for dirty Harry. Uh, that's what I got. No, you're antagonistic right now. Why don't you put us up in your stores next? Well, how bad is Dirty Harry to you? All right. So plot score. I'm giving it a 20. Because here's the thing. Yeah. The, uh, the way that I feel about it is I think that Dirty Harry is just kind of 70 action schlock. That's, that's, my, that's my opinion on it. I don't it's not any sort of like character study. And I'm not saying that every single movie needs to be a character study, but this came out during a time period where conservatism in politics was becoming a really big thing again. And everyone was really digging a movie about a fucking loose cannon cop who doesn't listen to his superiors and he's willing to take any means necessary to get the job done. Everyone else who's higher up is a fucking idiot. And That's a, a fantastic him. point that this movie, when it came out, got a lot of flack. <clears throat> a lot of flack uh, for appearing to be pro-fascist. Yeah. So uh, I just want everyone to know, uh, ACAB, 
And uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I will point out, not that this should affect anybody's scores, but the very next Dirty Harry movie is about him going after a group of vigilante police officers. Weird. <laughs> that are like thinking that they're carrying on his legacy. <laughs> so That makes sense. Yeah, you have to address that right away, right? Like yeah. You have to make sure that people know that this is not what we meant. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, like you said, you know, this is a plot that has been done time and time again. I think that this movie executes that plot the best in the way that the movie is made. But in terms of the overall story, it's just nothing that really works for me. And my average score is usually about like 20. So that's why I'm giving it. It's just a 20. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, intelligence. And it has a plot. Like, it has a plot, you know? It like, does. Yeah. And it does unique things with it, but it is a plot that's been done for 50 fucking years now. Yeah. So intelligence, um, I'm going to give it a 18 because, like we've already established, the movie mainly only focuses on Harry we have some stuff with his partner. We have some shit with Scorpio. But besides that, everyone else is just kind of circumstantial. In hey, the movie. what about Mr. Linguini? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so 18. Captivating. Hit us with it. Give us it. No, give us it. One to ten. How much for captivating? How many? How many jig rips did you take during this movie? <laughs> I'm gonna give it a two. Oh! And not, because, and not because I was going off and doing drugs just to give myself something fun to do while I was watching this movie. It was literally because I kept flipping back and forth between watching this movie and then needing to take a break just to like. I don't know, play Skyrim or something. I just had to do something else. Wow, two! Yeah. Oh my God, dude. It caught it. Oh it my God. It kept me engaged, like through the bank robbery scene and like through the chase, through him going from payphone to payphone and oh that chase. Oh my God. I can't believe you thought it was that boring. There's no way. I am. <laughs> flabbergasted right now yeah i have like agreed with every like point you've brought up with criticizing it's i was good with most of it and characters i had nothing that that is a two oh my god yeah i didn't even need to pay attention to this movie bro he (laughs) says the best line as many times as your rating was for that category It's ridiculous. Continue. Ain't that some shit. <laughs> but anyway, my technicality score is going to be the best thing about this movie because I'm giving it a 25. There you go. <laughs> and it's really bolstered a lot by the fucking score because that music is pretty popping. Oh, the score is astounding. I don't care what anybody says. I could fuck to that soundtrack, bro. Oh, man. That's <laughs> good. <laughs> As you should. That's a good porn soundtrack right there. Can you please do that? I don't ever have to know that you did it. I just want to know that you did that for yourself. (laughs) 
Holy shit. Good All Lord. right, Patrick, this was your dream. What do you give us your score? Uh, I had a 26 for the plot. Similar reasons. I mean, as both of you guys, I don't think there's a lot to hit on that, but the reason it's not like a 23 is because yeah, it's a plot we've seen and it's something that we know. Right. But what just happened? sorry, my thing is dying. um so it would have been probably like a 22 23 but because it does take unique routes with the plot line uh it gives it those extra booster points of oh the girl's already dead etc you know all those different types of things dude i almost Um, gave it one full point just for the uh the payphone race oh my god i know right so good one point alone (laughs) yeah uh, yeah, so like, I, I don't really have many complaints, but cop movies in general don't grab me really is, hard. This so. is the first as like modern yeah. cop movie that we could really, if you think about it. Yeah, um, intelligence. I actually have it rated pretty high. I have it at a twenty-seven because nice. I think the serial killer and well, as we know him now as a serial killer. And Clint Eastwood's Crazy, character, isn't it that this movie was made before that? Yeah, before Godfather. Um, crazy. Um, like I don't know. I, I for me it was I quickly realized what this movie was about, and I got laser focused. I'm good. Like great cop story. Um, great intelligent antagonist. Constantly playing chicken with each other. And let me ask Beautifully you this, done. Let me ask you this, Pat. Are you interested in seeing another dirt in like the next series? Like, would you, is that something that you would uh, uh, almost like go out of your way to watch? Yeah, probably. I'll tell you this the next like three are pretty good. The next two are yeah. really good. <laughs> Third one is, is, is okay to pretty good. The last one, you don't need to watch it. The Deadpool is not good at all. But yeah. Does the peeping yeah. Tom thing ever come up? Because I feel like uh Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yes, yeah, yeah. His I feel like the giant curve is definitely I think in the third movie is a big deal. Cool. Okay. I just want that to get addressed um, at some point because that dude definitely be scheming on some women. Dude, he, he is like the horniest <laughs> cop you've ever He's seen. He's also divorced. He said, oh, you, know what to, you owe you owe this to yourself, Harry. Yes! No, whatever he something real. God so damn! Again, you gave it a two. Uh, <laughs> I know. I can't like I you. said, I didn't have to pay attention. I just knew what was going on. Oh my god! That's uh, uh, an eight. And then um, my technicality was a twenty-six. I think I like the dialogue a little more, and I I think it's just that. I was able to pick up some other things that felt pretty iconic to me as far as dialogue or choices made during scenes that were during scenes that were directed. Um, kept my attention a lot of the way, and I really liked that. So, yeah. All right. So for Shutter Island. I'll All right. So how bad back. are you gonna shit on my movie? <laughs> uh, so for plot, 
I have this at a 22. <laughs> Pretty my first note after that is what the hell was that? Misdirect <laughs> of the year it? fails yeah. in spectacular fashion. But it works. I feel like this really works for like the first half, first two thirds as a unique psychological murder mystery. Mm-hmm. If it almost went with that and then like really succeeded on, on that part of its plot, I feel like this could have been a great movie. Instead, we got what we got. So dropping the ball in the, in the final moments uh, doesn't make it a bad plot, but it does make it slightly below average. Uh, intelligence, I have 19. Kingsley's character is the only really good character here because we find out that everybody but him is a completely different person than what we've been taught to believe. And while I was going along with them for the ride of who they were in the fantasy, once they switch over to real life, what the fuck is going on here? This is a 19. This isn't great. Yeah. Uh, Captivating. Uh, While it was pretty interesting to start, once again, it's super predictable uh, and is not pulled off relatively well until the fucking mute meteor crashes into the into the facility and that black goo latches itself to Leonardo DiCaprio and he becomes Venom, Spider-Man's arch nemesis. Is that how they're going to cross it over with the MC, the universe? Once again, how fun <laughs> somehow they've partnered with Marvel. And technicality, as much as this movie paid me Stop. in many ways, it is beautifully shot, very well acted. Um, it's clear that something went wrong during production and they couldn't keep that energy up. Uh, Half halfway through it because it really started off well, um, and everything that it's doing is fine. Once again, like there's bad CGI in this, but I think that bad CGI is supposed to be representing the mind of of Teddy in this, right? I said early on that the water looks fucking fake. That's because I don't think they're really on a boat. That's the thing is like all so they're the... acting all of this out for him. So I think that it's actually kind of neat. That this that this CG because it's 2010. You're telling me that they couldn't have gotten a good green screen for that in 2000. Especially Martin Scorsese. I refuse to believe, and this might just be because I respect him too much, but I refuse to believe that shit like that is done on accident. Yeah. By Martin Scorsese. I refuse to believe it. So 20 fucking seven. Also, fun fact: this is the last Martin Scorsese film to be filmed on film. Nice. Patrick. Every movie since then has been digital. Um, my plot's a 17. That was a real downer for me. Um, yeah. I, tr- I, I really tried hard. <laughs> I, I know I really tried hard to go in positive. I'm like, okay, I know how it ends. So now I can just watch it for, is it a good movie? You know what I mean? Pick out the good parts, find where it's good. Maybe pick out a few of the bad ones. I had two positive notes from the whole entire experience and neither of them related back to Mark Ruffalo or Leo. Dang. Real problem for me. Jesus Christ, we're really fighting here, aren't we? 
Yeah, I we are right now. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm coming hard at you, bro. Um, That's all right. I came at you hard for Dirty Harry, so it's all good. Um, intelligence, I had. I'll give an 18. I had it at 17. Um, I had a lot of 17s. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I had to break them up somehow. Uh, let's we'll call it 18. And uh, I just don't. I don't think that either character seemed super intelligent at all. I thought that things just, because it was planned, things always just happened to come to him. I'm like, well, that wasn't a fun way to learn that. Okay. Like, so, you know, that kind of stuff. He didn't really have to be smart. That's my point. Uh, I I have the same score as him for captivation that's a two um i wanted more i don't know what it was i wanted more out of it but um it wasn't there for me um and for technicality i also gave that a 17 because i couldn't think of a better number and which that's unfortunate because i think this movie is put together and executed a lot better than dirty harry is Especially whenever you start, like, noticing, like, all the background shit. No. That's our own argument. That's fine to have. To me, it's... That 27 for me is with the hope that that's intentional. I disagree that it was intentional. That's why it's a 17. Yeah. Like, no, it is, like... Given what... The CGI is trash, bro. Real cherry picker, dude. (laughs) Yeah. They went on it. They went in on it. At least they tried. This one was hey, like, at least that CGI was only Leo like and hope they think too deeply about it. At least the CGI <laughs> was like only background shit, you know? Like it was only like environments and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, CGI you're right. Whenever he's holding it's his bad. wife, bad. <laughs> he's holding his wife and she fucking Thanos snaps away from him. Oh yeah, yeah. no, that was real. They did that practically. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, uh, they uh, actually uh, burned Michelle Williams right then and there. It's still higher than your Godzilla movie, so you're fine. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> kept that in mind as I that was, was a nice, this movie. You that was a you nice hated, little dig. You thought you hated Dirty Harry, dude. Like, he hated Shutter Island. <laughs> All right, I tried so hard, I swear. And then I noticed a, the CGI the first time. I'm like, nope, I'm out. <laughs> that, was a nice, that was a nice little jab. It still scored higher than your Godzilla movie. <laughs> Did. <laughs> Did it score higher than Repo? Holy shit. <laughs> I mean, it scored higher than my Repo, or lower than my Repo, probably. There. Repo. But I, I mean, I enjoy that movie for what it is. So <laughs> give me your scores for your own movie. <clears throat> okay. Well, um, story, I'm going to give it a 23. Because it's a good, like, it, like we keep on bringing up, it's good up until the end. That ending of, you know, he's insane. Everything that's been happening is just like a ploy. Eh, they don't make for, they don't make for very compelling stories. Yeah. Okay. Intelligence. Intelligence. 20. Because as it turns out, the main character that we have been following this entire time is not actually real. 
And again, you know, we don't, we don't focus, we don't focus really on anyone else. We only focus mainly on Teddy, you know, it's more so just the Teddy Daniels fucking variety hour, you know, like, and then we find out that that's all just like a concept created in his mind. I get it and I like it, but doesn't exactly serve well for our scores because he doesn't actually exist, you know? See, that's the difference is I don't like it. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> it was bad. So, yeah, it's getting a, getting a 20 from me. <laughs> uh, captivating for you? Captivating was five. I've already seen this movie a bunch of times, and, yeah, it's just nothing nothing special. It's average. It captivated. Technicality, baby. Technicality, I gave it a 25. Which originally was not that high, but then I noticed a bunch of the background details. And like I said, those fucking background details, once you start noticing them, are really cool. Because it really does allude to the end of the movie. It just wasn't executed all that well and that's unfortunate you know what alludes to the end of the movie leo and mark ruffalo having discussions at all oh you mean leo and mark ruffalo just making out right there on the boat yeah basically good yeah (laughs) Yeah, there's no point in shutter island where patrick got hard like he did it (laughs) no no i did not hear the sweet whispers of clint eastwood at all in that movie (laughs) yeah baby why are you wet (laughs) <laughs> Telling me you oh my god no i want clint eastwood to say that <laughs> oh shit well patrick Why are you, you feeling lucky today feel you lucky feeling today? wet <laughs> too much linguini <laughs> can't have sex today too much linguini like that it's like that dude from catch a predator telling that little girl he's gonna make her damp are you damp oh yeah that's weird bro that's a weird way to say that i don't like i i'd rather the word moist to damp that's weird i want you to rub it to your damp (laughs) all right jesus yeah i gave dirty harry an 83 uh, Noah gave it, well, you gave it an 87, I gave it an 83, and Noah gave it a 65. You know, I was kind of hoping you said 69. Me too. <laughs> what score do I have to boost up to get it to that? <laughs> <laughs> Giving it a 78.3 repeating. And Shutter Island, Patrick, you gave it a 54. Jesus, I wasn't even that being the Dirty Harry. <laughs> I told Sorry, you, bro. You at you, bro. It really that. wasn't like, but initially it really wasn't coming at you. It was just I didn't like it. <laughs> hey, that's fine. We've already established heat, that you bro. have. We've already established we all, all three of us have our own like tastes in movies. Some things work, some things yeah. don't. Doesn't always oh, mean yeah. that I'm right. It definitely means you're always wrong, but. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, and the supreme and the supreme opinions of movies belong to me, as we all <laughs> sure, as we can all agree. Yeah, this is me saying that you know, Fast and Furious is still a fun movie franchise. Agreed. <laughs> yes, yes, it sure is. <laughs> and me and Noah both gave it a seventy-three. Awesome. <laughs> you know, it's fair to say you got trounced here. 
You, you got a 66. Someday. Some fucking day. <laughs> Initially, I had 12s in those well, categories, so you're lucky, time. Noah. No, this yeah. is equal to Ponya. One point lower than 500 Days of Summer and two points higher than Donnie Darko. Well, that 500 Days of Summer is going to bite you forever. For <laughs> fucking ever. <laughs> <laughs> I still have nightmares about that. I'm not even going to lie. Dirty Harry ties with Sigan in the rain. Nah, 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 nah. We, shouldn't, we shouldn't let that. We shouldn't let that stand. Right before, right I'll take after it. Nightmare Before Christmas. No, definitely can't let that stand. And right over Cabaret and Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? God. And now having reached the midpoint, well, slightly past the midpoint, the closest to midpoint. Yeah. We have one more thing we got to take care of, gentlemen. We had agreed that midway through, as close as we could with even numbers, we would average everything out that we've done so far, figure out who's ahead, and then whoever's ahead can select the next film harvest match. Fun fact before we do that, I was telling my one coworker's girlfriend last night about the podcast and explaining it to her. And the way that I explained it was basically it's an experiment to see just how badly I can lose. And it's forever a journey to see if I can finally actually get a win. And I told her flat out. Yeah, no, it was Dirty Harry going up against Shutter Island. Dirty Harry, not exactly that great of a movie. I'm pretty confident about this. Oh, the joy whenever I get to tell her later on that I actually indeed lost. (laughs) Yeah, better every year, though. You have a win this time around. I have a win. Yeah. Which is how many you had last time. But exactly. I need to break that record. Yeah, but now you have a chance to get that second one later. Oh, You're fine. If I couldn't do it with Evil Dead, I don't think I'm going to do it at all. <laughs> Dude, I really liked that one. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, you did. I mean, that was a good movie. Yeah. I wanted to score it higher. I just couldn't based on how we need to actually look at movies properly. <laughs> all right. Well, Noah, this should come as a surprise to nobody. <laughs> but you are at 66 right now. Raw average? <laughs> That's what these are? Yep. Okay. His average is. You know what? That was also probably my GPA in fucking high school, so that makes sense. Yeah, it follows you everywhere. <laughs> uh, I think that means I'm going to die in my 60s. Hey, that'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> that also means I have to live for oh, 40 I'm sorry, fucking 76. more years. Oh, okay. Never mind. Cool. Yeah, I thought that I added them up. Or that didn't feel right. Uh, so yeah, 76. Patrick. Hmm. You're at 84. It's not too bad. I'll take it. Yeah, but it is less than who we all knew would be up. Because he's unstoppable. If you don't know, you should know. That's Moon, though. So I get to choose the next film artist. Okay. Oof. This is interesting. 
I think I'm not afraid. I'll toss myself in this motherfucker. I'll toss in my animated movie. Kubo with the two strings. And I'm going to go up against Wolf Walkers. Ooh. Nice. All right. All right. Been oh, yeah. I guess I did just participate boy. in the last like two episodes. So well, well, I could have chosen one of your movies if I wanted to. Though. Fair enough. But I want to see this movie really bad. You just want to make sure you get it done. <laughs> and if that means I have to, and there was no, and I wanted it to be an animated movie week. Fair yeah, enough. No, you don't fun. have another one, so I went for it. Guys. I have two. That makes sense. Yeah. Guys, we did it again. No, you lost again. Patrick, you won again. Trying. We had Dirty Harry have a beautiful shootout, taking Shutter Island to the grave with dead children and all. Over there has been the show dog millionaire. And of course, the great one, the Vanilla Bear Patrick. Coming back next week, next couple weeks, going to be another good one. Uh, we are doing Hey Kiddo coming up here, right? Yeah, that's this weekend. The yep. fuck is Hey Kiddo? It's a uh, graphic novel with a bunch of awards last year. It's Two Bears oh. Book Club time, bro. That's Oh, right. shit. And if you don't know, you should know this has been Mundo. This has been Film Harvest, <laughs> part of the pop culture forest. And as always, hashtag Batista should have been in Shutter Island. 